Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hey guys, welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Today I'm sitting down with Steve Weibel. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, RJ, man. Good to see you again. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to bring you on the show today. I know we're going to talk about a little bit of real estate investing, but we're mainly going to talk about business credit and how real estate investors and entrepreneurs can use that to leverage themselves better. Uh, take a quick second to kind of briefly introduce yourself and tell everybody what it is you do. Well, my name's Steve Weibel. I'm a, uh, the head of business development here at Credit Suite. And I say here, I'm actually in my home today, unfortunately, hence the background. Right. Uh, but what we do is we show business owners how to get credit that's not tied to them personally. And it's a big deal. It's actually a game changer. Yeah, uh, so. it is. I'm, I'm, I, I told you before, and I'm going to tell everybody that's listening, I, I'm super excited because I want to learn how to do this myself. Uh, this is something that my, my partners and I have been talking about for probably about the last 12 months. And, and it's because we're, we're building our rental portfolios and every time we wanna go out and get loans or find any sort of leverage, everything is tied back to our personal credit. They wanna pull our credit scores and every time they do that, the credit score dips and it goes lower. And it's just this constant game that really no one can explain to us. You know what I mean? As much as you Google and you try to figure out how to do this, it, it's just a, a constant, you know, well, just don't use your credit, but then you have to use your credit to go get loans. So I'm super excited uh, to learn about business credit and how to remove my social security from everything. So uh, before we get into the business credit, uh, business credit side of things, um, you have previously or do own 300 plus rental properties. So let's talk about that because majority of our listeners are real estate investors. So how have you come up with acquiring those properties and, and how much business credit did you use um, in acquiring those? That's two great questions, RJ. So I no longer own those properties, okay. FYI. Uh, I started in, re in real estate. I sold my printing company in 1999, uh, looking for something to do, young age. I'm only 53 now. And uh, my brother said, hey, let's buy some rental properties. I was in Camden, New Jersey. So I looked at what he was doing and said, yeah, this is great, but let's scale it. You got like 10. Let's, so my first deal, I bought 35. <laughs> my first deal. <laughs> I had no money, had no, had no idea how I was going to pay for it. I had some money, but not enough to buy 35 properties. But I got them under contract, uh, found a hard money lender to lend me the money, and then sold half of them within a week that covered the entire loan. Nice. So now I have 18 properties that I own now, right? So that's how, that was our first foray into the business. and. At one point, I was in Home Depot buying supplies, like we all are doing, right? right? And I was offered some credit. And I said, what you just said earlier, which is, no, 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 I got to protect my credit. I, right. you know, I, need, I need to keep my personal credit so that if a great deal comes along, I can take advantage of it. And the customer service rep said, no, 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 no. I'm talking about credit in the business name. I went, whoa, <laughs> never heard of it. Right. I mean, I knew about it from my printing industry days, but that was just with vendors that I already was doing business with. So it really, it never occurred to me that big stores like Home Depot and Lowe's and, uh, you know, vehicle fine, all of that was available. So anyhow, uh, what I did is I took advantage of that 
And when, as you know, when you get a hard money loan, they'll lend you money to buy the property. They'll, they'll escrow money for yep. repairs. Well, I, what I did is I used Home Depot's credit to repair the properties. And then when I took the draws, I used that money for the down payments on my next properties. Yep. So, so I went from zero to 300 within two years. Wow. Just that's leveraging incredible. that. And every time I sold a property, what I would do is I would, I would buy three, flip two, keep one. There you go. So that way I was paying off my debt, moving on to the next one. At, at some point, my hard money company was like, you're my only customer. I don't know if that's good or bad, but anyway. Right. Well, um, you know, I, you, you bring up the escrowing of the rehab funds. And, you know, I, I just want to touch base on that because that could be a cash flow nightmare for rehabbers. And it's something that is really not talked about very frequently amongst podcasts and trying to scale up your company. It, it's really not an issue if you're doing one or two flips at a time. I mean, it can be, but it's really not an issue if you're completing the work within, you know, a, a reasonable amount of time. But, you know, when you're talking about scaling up and, you know, you're going to zero to 300 properties in 24 months, I mean, you were doing a significant amount of properties at one time. And, and yeah, it could be a cash flow nightmare, especially when you're talking about having to go buy three, four, five, six thousand dollars worth of flooring or cabinets or countertops for multiple properties. So leveraging that and finding a way to have that business line of credit or or just credit in general uh, that wasn't attached to your to your social security number is massive. So when you were at Home Depot and they said, okay, have you done business credit before? Did they even pull your like credit score or was it strictly based off of the company? Well, here's, here's where I got lucky uh, because it doesn't work this way anymore. You know, times have changed. Um, they just basically, I was spending 30 to 40,000 every single month with them. I mean, right. month in, month out. So I think the, the, and I was, you know, you know how we all do this. We use Lowe's against Home Depot pricing. Right. And I was going, well, I was thinking about going to Lowe's. Well, they didn't want to hear that. Right. So, I was fortunate enough to get it the wrong way. The right way is you have to have a certain amount of trade lines reporting, and then you apply for the business credit and you get approved. I learned that after I started working for this company. And ironically, I ran into this company in Florida, 1,800 miles away from where I lived. Uh, heard what they were teaching was like, whoa, I need to learn more of this because I know what it did for me. Imagine if I really knew what I was talking about. Right. Uh, and, and what people don't mention, and you did in the beginning is, look, you're you know when you use your credit cards, utilization goes up, what's your score do? Right, goes, goes down. down. Yep. Well, with business credit, that doesn't happen at all. So you can use as much credit as possible, in other words, leverage other people's money without ever affecting you personally. And then more importantly, God forbid, something like, I don't know, that thing that came up, happened in 08 that probably didn't <laughs> affect many people. It affected me, but not many people got affected. <laughs> um, if that happens, you're clean. Right. You're personally clean. So it, it has a dual purpose. One, it protects your personal social. Two, if things do go wrong, and look, we don't plan for things to go wrong, but we better not fail to plan. Right. Right. Uh, so it allowed me, and I can, I, if I have my pictures, I could show you. Uh, I had my credit score so protected that when I had an opportunity to buy a 32 unit apartment complex and I had five minutes to make a decision, uh, it was a tax sale certificate, right. 300,000. 300, I was able to do that. I was just able to call my bank. I need 300,000. Here's what I need it for. Done. Approved. Awesome. Because my credit was so good. And then I turned and flipped that for 1.1 million. Wow. So, so, so let, it's so not let, about that deal, but it's about keeping your credit. Right. 
Exactly. So let's let's dive into this for the for the listeners. First and foremost, what is business credit? What is okay. the best way to describe that to people? Okay, so business credit is credit that is tied to your EIN, not to your social. Okay. So if you have an LLC or a C Corp or an S Corp, not a sole proprietorship, sole proprietorship is basically you. Okay. Uh, you can get credit in the company name. Now, it's not something that's magic. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. You have to build a profile. Just like when you turned 18 and got your first credit card, I'm sure it wasn't a $10,000 Discover with 0% right. interest. Right. You have to build that profile. Same thing with your business. You build a profile. The good news is business credit scores are based strictly on how you pay your bills, not on utilization, not on inquiries, not on what type of new credit you have or old credit. Do you pay your bills? So let's use an example there. Say I go to Home Depot using your example and they give me $1,000 in credit. I go immediately and buy $1,000 worth of materials. You're telling me the best way for me to build up my business credit score is how frequently or how, how I pay back, right? So does it make sense for me to immediately pay it right back? Well, you gotta have time for it to report. Okay. okay. Like I've seen people pay in two days. I'm like, you're paying cash at that point. That's not going to report as credit. Gotcha. Um, but I'm a big fan of using other people's money till the very last minute. <laughs> um, gotcha. So once you get to like, you would start off Home Depot has a division that gives net 30 accounts, which doesn't sound exciting to people, but if you're flipping properties quick, 30 days is plenty of time. Right. Or if you have an issue with having enough cash, and I have seen this many times, having enough cash to do that one third, one half of that rehab before the the hard money company gives you your draw. How many mm -hmm. times have you heard of people running out of cash and they can't finish it? Right. Now they have to bring in a partner. Now they're giving up equity. Uh, well, if you can utilize a Home Depot or a Lowe's or a Visa or a MasterCard to pay a contractor, uh, you know, get your cash. That way you're not bringing in partners. So what happens is if they bill you and the bill is due, let's say in 30 days, pay it in 20. Gotcha. That's going to report as, as paid, paid as agreed is how it's reported. And then what'll happen is as your score goes up and your next level of credit that you move into, they start recommending you for higher and higher limits. Where with personal credit, it takes a long time to build up to a high level. It takes a long time to get to those $20,000, $25,000 limits. Right. Business credit, I've seen people get $50,000 in credit in 90 days. Wow. So, okay, the first thing that you said was, is we have to go, we have to start a profile, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? How do we, where do we go to start this business profile to start getting credit for this score? Well, the first thing we're going to have to look at is we look at the fundability of a company. And when I talk about fundability, I'm really talking about credibility. So in today's day and age, lenders are looking for fraud. That's what they, they have to do. They use artificial intelligence to look for fraud. So if you apply for credit with my company through my, my website or even manually, uh, we're going to run through a fraud check and we're going to check... Does your company address match with the IRS, the Secretary of State? Do you have a legitimate phone number or using a cell phone? Do you have a legitimate email address? I love when I see people have uh, mybusiness at gmail.com. Unfortunately, <laughs> sounds good, not legitimate. Right. right? It, it needs to be info at mybusiness.com. Gotcha. Uh, phone number. You can't use your cell phone. You can't use Google. You need a legitimate business phone number. That doesn't mean you have to put a phone on the wall, but you can get something called a virtual phone number, which Google is similar, but you need to own it. So you have to go to somebody like Ring Central or Grasshopper or one of those paper play type phones. Right. Okay. And they're going to list, you're going to list it with the National 401 database. 
Now, I don't know how old you are, but back in my day, you used to pick up the phone, dial 411, and ask for Joe's Pizza on Main Street. Right. Unfortunately, most people don't realize that database still exists. If you have a legitimate business, you're listed with the National 411 database. And when the artificial intelligence checks and you're not there, it's an automatic denial. Automatic. That's funny. So, I, I did not realize that that still existed. I do remember ex- it from my childhood. Though. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so these are just a couple things that I'm touching base on. There right. are 225 points. Wow. Yeah, it's insane, right? Right. This is why most people fail at it. And this is why most people give up really soon. And also why Credit Suite is a great company because we teach people step-by-step exactly how to get there. And then once you're ready, we say, okay, these companies are the ones you want to apply for for credit because they report, they organically report to your Dun & Bradstreet and your Experian and your Equifax business profiles. Right. Now, I have to stop here, Dun & Bradstreet, because most people have heard of Dun & Bradstreet. Right. And they have to get their Dun's number. They have to go to Dun & Bradstreet and get that. And here's what happens. You apply for the number. They say, yeah, it'll be about 30 days. And then they immediately send you to their telemarketing division and they call you daily. They're the greatest telemarketers in the world. And they convince you you'll never get credit unless you buy their $1,200 program. And then if you don't buy it, they'll step it down to their 495 program. Right. But the reality is they're required by law to give it to you, to give you your Dunn's number. Uh, the problem with Dun & Bradstreet's program uh, is that if you stop paying them, in other words, next year it's time to renew, if you don't pay them, all those trade lines that they've added for you are gone. So you need to deal with legitimate companies. For example, Home Depot reports to Experian and Dun & Bradstreet. So you need to know that. And it has to be organic because even if you don't use that trade line, every month, even if it shows zero, if you've used it at least once, it always says paid, paid as agreed, paid as agreed. Well, as you're adding more and more trade lines, you become a stronger and stronger profile, just like your personal credit. Right. Make sense? Yep. So this is what we teach people. And it's a step-by-step process, and it's not fast. If you're looking for a shortcut, we'd already have it. <laughs> it's, it's a six- to nine-month process to get to where everybody really wants to be. And I'm talking about things like vehicle financing. Anybody who's driving around looking at properties using their own personal car in their name is out of their minds. So it needs to be in the company name. So, for example... I have a car that is leased under my company name. That should be reporting back to as a trade line, or, or I should be getting business credit for that, correct? Correct. You shouldn't have signed for it personally. If you had enough trade lines reporting, you could go to somebody like Ally Auto Financing, A-L-L-Y, mm-hmm. and if you have enough trade lines, they'll approve you for vehicle financing that you don't sign for at all. Wow. So imagine having, like in my case, I had five companies. So I had pickup trucks, I had gas cards, I had, you, know, you name it. If you can keep as much of that operational debt, I call it, the day-to-day things in the company name, it just keeps your personal credit clean. Right. So then when that great deal comes up, the opportunity's there for you. And it sounds small to people, but when you really look at your day-to-day operational items that you spend money on, how many times are you tapping your Mac or, or using your Mac card right. or your personal Visa card? I'd be willing to bet it's thousands per month. Oh, yeah. Thousands per month. Well, take that and remove that from you and put it on the business. Guess what? Your, your score is not going up and down. But your cash flow is even worse. Your cash flow is not going up and down. Right. Well, and also, I, I think one of the biggest, at least in my world and the people that I talk to, one of the biggest trends over the past couple of years is the credit cards that you're using to receive the travel rewards. So... You're going out and you're rehabbing a house and you're using this credit card 
and you're putting that $10,000 a month on your rehabs on this credit card so you can get reward points for travel so you can essentially travel for free. Is that something that you can still obtain and get within the business credit, like those credit cards that give you these rewards for well, the amount of money that you're spending? It depends, and I, and I get what you're saying, but to me, that's giving up your personal credit score for travel. Exactly. So if I asked you that question, take away what you're doing. Hey, listen, I'll give you free travel if you let me wreck your credit score every other month. And that's kind of how it feels. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, I've gotten some free travel to different events and it's like, yeah, but go look at my credit score. I mean, it's a, it's, it's bumpier than a roller coaster and it impacts right. our business. I mean, especially as real estate investors, like when we go to banks and we try to get approved for loans and even some hard money lenders want to know our credit scores. And so that's pretty intense when, you know, we go get a, a deal and, and it's like, hey, this is going to be a great, uh, you know, sixplex that we're going to keep forever. And I go to refinance it and suddenly the bank's like, hey, your, your debt ratio is too high. So we're not going to approve you for a loan. When it's like, all I did was go put two rehabs material costs on a credit card. This is intense. Like you're, you're literally altering the future of my family and my business because of a mythical number, because I utilized the, the credit that you allowed me to have. I mean, how crazy is that? You know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Look, in the end, we as small business owners, and when I see we, I'm talking about 99% of business owners, mm -hmm. uh, we were never exposed to this business, business credit building blueprint. But right. I can tell you this. Besides Amazon, because they've overtaken them, who's the number one retailer in the world? Uh, I do not know that. Yes, you do. It's Walmart. Okay. Well, that's what I was going to guess. <laughs> it's too late now. I should have just said it. <laughs> Listen, Walmart's entire business plan is based on business credit. Okay. When you buy something off the shelf, they haven't paid for that yet. Interesting. They get credit for that. Their entire look, Sam Walton didn't sign for trucks. Right now, obviously, they became an institutional borrower once you hit a certain number, over 50 right. million. But you had to get there. Every major CFO in the country knows about business credit and exactly how to utilize it. But we're not taught that. I mean, look, this is terrible. I was taught how to do a checkbook in high school. I'll bet you they're not teaching that now. <laughs> no, they're not. Right, right. Right. Um, and accounting and whatnot. This is, you know, we like to say it's an insider secret, but it's been around forever. Just nobody talks about it because we're so used to it. It's so ingrained in our heads when we see an application that says social security number, we just fill it in, right? Well, people don't realize you can submit that application without anything there. Now, don't ever put any other number in there. That's breaking federal law. Gotcha. But you, you can submit an application with no social security number on it. They have no choice but to run your business credit at that point. And business credit is reported based on your address. So they just run it through. DMB automatically pulls the info and gives it to them. Experian automatically pulls the info and gives it to them. Gotcha. So I want to circle back to one thing that you said earlier about Dun & Bradstreet, though. You said that when you, when you go to apply, they're going to ask you to pay some money, and then they're eventually going to lower you down to this $4.95. Do we pay the $4.95? Is that what we need to pay? You don't pay a penny. You don't pay a penny. But then you said 12 months later. No, okay. Let me explain. They're going to convince you that if you don't buy their business credit building program, you'll mm -hmm. never get credit. What they're doing is they're taking existing 
uh, vendors of yours and they're going to place them on. So you're paying them and then you have to do all the work. You have to say, here's one of my vendors. Here's another one. Like, let's say a contractor. Okay. okay. Sounds like a great idea. But the problem is that they, those active trade lines become dead trade lines if you don't renew the next year. Gotcha. So don't pay them a penny. It's not worth it. First of all, you're only building up your DMB profile. What about your experience? By the way, banks look at experience. Real gotcha. cash credit, they look at experience. So you need to know exactly who to use, who actually reports organically, who actually will do it, whether you pay DMB or not, whether you pay experience or not. You don't need to pay DMB anything ever. Because now, the, the, the other trade lines are automatically going to report to DMB, right? Or, who, or whoever they report to. So you're gotcha. gonna, you've got your three majors are DMB, Experian, and Equifax. Uh, with Experian, you're going to have what's called your BIN number, your business identification number. So they have business credit profiles. They're all automatically going to report. Like I'll give you an example. Company called Quill.com. Your listeners might want to write that down. Q U I L L.com. Okay. They are like a tiny little Amazon. They sell office supplies, paper towels, you name it. About a million products. They're the, one of the beginning vendors to give you business credit. Okay. Now you have to make sure your business is set up credibly, but they will give you credit and then you'll use the credit, you'll pay the bill, and they'll automatically report automatically. If you never use them again, it's going to continue to report as zero balance, but you have X amount of available credit. Gotcha. You don't need to pay for that. Is there anything that we need to do to set up with Experian? Uh, it just, it should automatically happen. If not, they can reach out to me at info at creditsuite.com. I can get them the link they need. Uh, but it's, it's fairly easy. Dun & Bradstreet, they can go to dnb.com, the letter yeah. David, the word and, and then b like boy.com. Just apply for your free Duns number. Don't buy any of their products. Yeah, and I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I did this way back when. I think I stumbled on some forum that talked about business credit, and so I went on to dnb.com <laughs> and I and I applied. And you're not joking, man. It, every every real estate investor that does cold calling should just go apply at DNB, even if this doesn't resonate with you, just to experience what they're marketing team does and and try to mirror the <laughs> relentlessness that they have because i mean it does get to the point where you just literally have to tell them like stop calling me and they still don't stop calling you well my favorite line that the way you get it because they will delay your number for 30 days trying to for an opportunity to sell you right. is to tell them hey i'm broke i don't even plan on doing business for the next 12 months i'm just getting <laughs> my number now and you know what that's it end of conversation that's funny that's funny so Let's talk about utilizing business credit to obtain loans. Is that something that can happen outside of just like lines of trade lines yes. and credit? Yes, but I'm going to tell you, I know where you're going with this and take it from me and experience. When you, when you go for a business loan, I told you there's 225 points they're going to look at. In those 225 points is also your personal credit, okay. your cash flow, your business credit profile, all the credibility things we talked about. So what it will do, it will change the rates you get, the amount of loan you get. Uh, I'll give you an example. I'm gonna give you our example. Okay. We, were, we did a test on our own company. Now we have what's called a high risk company because we had the word credit in our name. And by the way, to your listeners, uh, real estate is considered high risk. Okay. okay. So if they are thinking about starting a new company, go with something vanilla like Oak Tree Enterprises, right? Means nothing. That can be the main company. You can have all these other companies below it. 
but like I had five-star property management, freedom, real estate enterprises. I had all this, I had no idea about this hot, high risk industry stuff. Right. So just keep that in mind. Anyhow. So we had a difficult time. We ended up doing uh, what's called revenue financing, which even real estate investors can get that. If they have enough rentals, they can actually borrow money against that rent. Right. But the interest rate's stupid. The interest rate is just out of control. So we took a $70,000 loan. We had to pay back, I don't know, seven or eight, $9,000 a month. Uh, and then we fixed all the issues we had to fix as far as you know, the credibility section, what I'm talking about, those 225 points. And then and went and applied for a, a uh, SBA loan, got $350,000, and the payment was only three grand a month. Gotcha. So we got five times the amount of money and one third the payment. So if you don't think those credibility issues matter, <laughs> they're huge. Right. Huge. Uh, I had a client who went through our program who got turned down for an SBA loan for 100000 for 50000 excuse me. Turned down, went through our program, went back six months later, applied, got an automatic $100,000 approval. Nothing changed. His credit score hadn't changed. His cash flow hadn't changed. Only thing that changed was what we helped him do on our side. So you're out. So back to this. Uh, To anybody who's listening out there, you're never going to buy a property on business credit because you're still stuck in that Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac box. They're going to need somebody to sign personally. But once you get multiple properties and you want to go for a business loan on them, which is what I did. They are going to look at your business credit. It will change your rate. It will dictate the type of loan you get. But so you're saying you could use the loan basically for like a portfolio loan, like a refinance of them? Exactly. Gotcha. But they're still going to look at you personally, and they're still going to have you personally guarantee it 100%. That's always going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, you're pretty much always going to have to personally guarantee the, the money on real estate no matter what. Exactly. Except with certain hard money loans. but but. Right. In general, that's going to be the case. Because look, they want to take the property if you don't pay. Right. Right. So um, until you get what become what they call an institutional borrower. Like, for example, uh, I did a 187-unit apartment complex. They used, we used tax credits and bonds. There was all kinds of other things going on. But this was a monster deal. Right. You know, this was a $5 million deal with another $10 million back end on it. Uh, I don't want to dive too deep into this because I don't want to confuse people. Right. But, but I just want to be clear. I, I have investors call me all the time. I want to buy a fourplex. Can I use business credit? No, you cannot. You want to use business credit for your day-to-day operational stuff to protect your personal credit so you can buy that fourplex. Right. To ink, well, and it also helps with your cash flow. So you're, not, having, you're not using your own cash to buy things that are basically going to be reimbursed to you at some point in time anyways. So you, instead of using a personal credit card and hurting your personal credit. So when you do need to utilize your personal credit to get the loans from the banks, it's, it's squeaky clean at that point in time. Not exactly not tied up with $10,000 worth of credit card debt that was covering flooring or like you brought up office supplies. I mean, computers and, you know, these types of things that we have to have as companies. How about a $40,000 F-250? (laughs) Exactly. I I, I mean, seriously, people don't think about it because they look at it as their vehicle. But look, my my truck said I buy houses on it. (laughs) Right. So why would I want that in my name? Right. And you bring up a really good point on that because so often we have our vehicles in our names and, and that's showing up as... A, a debt, a liability that we have on our personal credit, right? Exactly. And so it's just, again, it's just making you more of a risk 
And you, you bring up a really good point on, you know, real estate investing is a high risk industry in the eyes of lenders and, and banks, right? Uh, every time I go sit down with a small bank, they always look at me and they're very skittish at first because when they're looking at it, they're seeing lots of income and lots of expenses coming in and out and they're, they're seeing high turnover of properties and they want to ask me like, what happens if you can't turn these properties? How are you going to sustain this? These are questions that they have. And it's all going back to the fact that, that they're kind of, it's just their bread to date that this is a very high risk industry. So it is interesting that you brought that up, that that is a fact. You brought up that, you know, your name had credit in it and that made it high risk. Uh, mine has investments in it. Would that make it a immediately high risk? Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's so funny. Nobody out there says that, right? Nope. nope. You don't think about that when you're, it's just like, okay, who are we? All right. I want to be titanium investments. That's what I'm going to call my company. You don't think about it at that point in time that, you know, down the road when this actually works and you try to figure it out. Now all of a sudden you're high risk because you put that in your name. But if I just oh, yeah. called it RJ Bates enterprises, I wouldn't be high risk anymore. Nope. You would not. That's crazy. I it is. That. Listen, I have freedom real estate enterprises. And if you, break that down. It was F R E E. I was free from my job. Right. That's awesome. Um, you know, five-star property management, obviously just went for the five-star. So I, I, everything I did was wrong. Right. <laughs> I mean, everything I did was wrong. Uh, but you also have to decide whether you need that from a marketing point of view. Look, credit suite. We really need that name right? from a marketing point. People have to understand what we do, but if as a real estate investor, who cares? So let's talk about credit suite a little bit here. Walk me through how that process works. You've brought up that you guys kind of walk us through the, the checklist, the 200 plus items that we need to do. Um, is, it, is it kind of a, a mentorship program where you're holding our hand through the process saying, okay, this is the next step that you need to take to building business credit? Is that kind of what it's like? It's exactly what it's like. What we've done and our COO and our CEO just put this together perfectly. We have a program that you get your own login and it's a step-by-step, -step, almost like a paint-by-numbers, right? right? Like you remember those days, we're not yeah. that old. Uh, it's a step-by-step -step process and then you get advisors that hold your hand through the process. These are advisors that you can call, I don't care if it's five days a week, we don't limit people. Uh, most coaching programs, as you know, will limit people to the number of calls per week, per month, right. whatever. We have unlimited. You call as many times you have a problem, you get turned down for something, cause, we'll look at it and tell you why you were turned down. All right, we give you the full underwriting criteria for every single person in our program. We tell you what Home Depot needs to approve you. We tell you what Lowe's needs to approve you. We tell you what that Fleet MasterCard is going to ask for, what they're going to look at to get you approved. Nice. It's really cool. And it's a step-by-step -step process, and it takes time. It's, you, know, you don't flip a house in three hours. Well, unless you're a wholesaler. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's going to take time. Typically, I see it takes six to nine months. Okay. Uh, and there's always a hurdle or two to overcome. Usually it's something minor. I mean, we had one couple that they didn't get it. They got turned down at their bank for a hundred thousand dollar line of credit came to us. We showed them what they had wrong and they've gotten over half a million dollars in loans since it was one thing. There's the secretary right. of state had a, a, a mismatch. It was literally right. something as dumb as that or, or worse. I've seen this. Don't use a PO box for your business address. Don't ever use a P.O. box. I get it for tenants. You want them to mail or rent to a P.O. box. I right. totally get that. 
Um, but your business should be registered at an address. Your IRS should have the same address. All your marketing should have that address. It all needs to match. You can have a PO box just for your tenants in a lease. That's it. There you go. See, that's that's really good advice. I I mentioned to you earlier that we were just moving offices, right? Mm-hmm. So now would not be a very good time for me to start trying to do this because I have things that I need to tighten up on my end, right? I need to go make sure the Secretary of State's going to have my new address. I need to make sure that everything lines up before I start this process. Very good tip. So um, if you don't mind sharing, what does that look like financially? Is it a monthly cost, annual cost? How does it we have, work? We, we have multiple programs. Um, our gotcha. core program, which is the core of our business, obviously, uh, that program sells for $5.97 a month for seven months. You get five years access. Uh, you get a whole finance team to help you, including hard money lenders, you know, lines of credit, revenue financing. Uh, and if you can't afford to do them, or if you want a discount, we'll offer you a one-time pay of $29.97. So gotcha. one time you, you get a discount of about the twelve or $1,300. But we have other programs too. So don't let that discourage you. If you're listening out there and you go, oh, that's a lot of money, right? just reach out to us. If you don't mind, can I give the email? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just go to info at creditsuite.com. That's S-U-I-T-E. Uh, we have other programs that involve a little less handholding, but you get access to the whole thing that's going to cost you significantly less. So if gotcha. this is something you feel like you need, uh, and if you want to ask for me personally at info at creditsuite.com, that's fine. They'll forward it to me, and I'll, and I'll personally respond. And I'll make sure to put all that in the show notes below. Um, before we wrap up, do you have any kind of final thoughts about business credit or how to properly utilize Credit Suite or anything along those lines before we wrap up the show? Yeah, I would say that, look, even if you don't work with us, figure it out. <laughs> this right. is something you need to do. Look, we didn't invent it. We didn't create it. We just organized it and sped it up. But if, if you feel like, look, I don't want to do, I want to do this, but I don't want to do it with anybody else. That's fine. It's going to take you three to four years, but do it because it will change the game for you. We just talked about it. Just not having that debt in your name personally will change everything. It may make the difference between you making 200 grand and half a million dollars a year. Exactly. So for all my listeners, I'm going to share a little bit of a story here um, as we wrap up. So once you have an established podcast, um, there are companies out there that actually send you emails with these pages with guests. This is Steve's page right here. This comes from a company um, that says, hey, I have a great guest and I would love to get him on the Titanium Vault. So the first time I got the email about Steve, I briefly glanced over it and I said, why would I want to have a business credit guy on a real estate investing podcast? That doesn't make any sense. And I deleted it. And then the second email came through and she added a little caveat. She said, he owned 300 rental properties. Well, that made my dumbass read it. And so <laughs> then I actually started thinking about this and I read his page here. And this is also due to my partners coming to me and saying, hey, RJ, we need to be utilizing business credit. Like This is something we need to be doing. This is something they have previously done in some of their other companies. And so I found it important enough today to bring Steve on here for you guys to understand what this is and to utilize it within your companies. Um, I think that this is something that is so vital when we're, we talk about on here building generational wealth and all of these different things, passive income, 
these these catchphrases that as real estate investors we use this is a tool in your tool belt that the majority of people are ignoring and like you said it's not a it's not a secret anybody can find out about it but no very few people are actually doing it and i love your story about walmart how they're probably uh, the number one person utilizing this to their advantage. Um, what a great analogy there as business owners and entrepreneurs. Why would we not want to follow those footsteps? So Steve, thank you so much for sharing this. Um, Creditsuite.com, info at Credit Suite if you're interested. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode and you're listening on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. Um, if you don't want to give us a five-star review, Go give your four, three, or two-star review to someone else, not me. I only want five-star reviews. And if you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and a subscribe. All right, guys, that's our show for today. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.